Shalom, and welcome to a special edition of The Travel Show from Israel. I'm Larry Gelwitz, the getaway guru, joined by the fearless Argentinian gaucho, Carlos Fida. Yes, I am in the Holy Land today. Carlos is back in studio in Salt Lake City. What's new? <laughs> What's new? Well, I've told you, Carlos, <laughs> your role is to work so that I can travel. And you've actually been doing that quite well. Um, you know, what was it? Just two weeks ago, I was in Japan at home for a week and left with a great group of travel show listeners here to the Holy Land, joined by Dan Hone, who, in my view, is the smartest, most knowledgeable, and greatest Holy Land tour guide. I got to tell you, speaking of Dan, I'll tell you a funny story about him. Some years ago, Dan and I have been the best of friends for over 50 years. We sat next to each other in uh, university classes. His career took him on to 32 years with the BYU Department of Ancient Scripture and BYU Travel Study. My career took me... Um, uh, into teaching. Uh, I actually taught with the church education system, Department of Seminaries and Institute, for a few years and then jumped into the travel business where I've been for 40 plus years. But Dan and I uh, have worked together for over 50 years uh, on Holy Land programs before BYU took all of their travel in house with their own in house travel department. I did travel arrangements for BYU Travel Study, their Holy Land programs. Dan estimated that I've sent over 30,000 people uh, with travel arrangements to the Holy Land. I also did the travel arrangements for the BYU Student Study Abroad programs. But I like to say that when BYU took their travel in-house, I became outhouse. You have always been there, Larry. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, so Dan and I are at the BYU Jerusalem Center. This was pre-pandemic tour. And we're there on Shabbat, which is Saturday, the Sabbath. We're, and we're there for a sacrament meeting. And we're doing a tour of the gardens and the displays, the wine press. It's a beautiful facility, which he was instrumental in building. He was one of the original founding members of the uh, BYU Jerusalem Center, lived in Israel for, what, some 10 years, got his graduate degree from an Israeli university. Uh, my graduate studies included Hebrew and Coptic, Coptic being one of the Egyptian languages and religions. Anyway, so we're there, and he's uh, uh, there talking to our group. And I'm at the back. We have the whisper headsets, you know. And another tour group. Uh, I know this tour guide. He is excellent. I mean, he is really a good, with a competing company. Mm -hmm. And he's a friend of mine. He taught Institute for many years. And he is walking by, and he says in his microphone to the whisper headsets of his group, he goes, oh, there's Dan Hone. He is absolutely the smartest and best tour guide here in the Holy Land. And I thought that's an interesting admission for another tour guide to make. But I say that about him also. Uh, anyway, Dan and I are here with a wonderful group of travel show listeners. We um, Dan actually took most of the group to Jordan. 
before we arrived in Israel. The group arrived just um, uh, a few days ago on Thursday, and we spent Thursday uh, in near Netanya, north of Tel Aviv. We made our way up to the here to the Sea of Galilee, and we are right on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and we're going to see all of this area. You know, Carlos, the Sea of Galilee is really quite interesting. It is. I have been there. I love the place. Yeah, it's the largest body of water. It's really not a sea. It's a lake. It's a it's lake. It's called the it is it's a lake. Kinneret, the, the Lake of the Heart, Kinneret. Uh It's 13 miles long, 7 miles wide. Now, you know, it was here on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on the water. And I like to, I always tell people we're going to sing that song, I Walk Today Where Jesus Walked. No, but we're going to change the words to, I swam today where Jesus walked. <laughs> but, you know, I always tell them I'm going to do that, but. I've never done it. Maybe Don't be irreverent, Larry. Don't be irreverent. I'm always reverent. <laughs> irreverent. And, uh, that's right. The Sea of Galilee is about 140 feet deep. But you know what's interesting is it the lake itself is 685 feet below sea level. Now, Tiberius is right there on the western shore. Uh, Capernaum to the north. Capernaum's an interesting city. There is a, a uh, early synagogue there. And what is reported to be and believed to be, with, with some good evidence, the house of St. Peter. Right there. You know, Jesus performed more miracles in the Capernaum area than any other single area. Around the Sea of Galilee are so many historical sites. You have both from secular history and from biblical or religious history. Uh, I think my favorite of this, if I had to pick just one, which is nice because you don't have to pick just one, um, I love the Mount of the Beatitudes where Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And there's there's an interesting teaching. You remember the Beatitudes, early yes. the early <clears throat> verses of chapter five of Saint Matthew, and he says something there that I've thought many many times. You remember his invocation to, "Blessed are the peacemakers." I find it revealing and interesting and instructive that Jesus did not say. Blessed are the peace lovers. Everybody makers. loves, but, but blessed are the peacemakers. Everybody loves peace, but not everybody is willing <clears throat> to do what's necessary to pay the price. It's the price, the law of the price tag. Everything has a price tag of effort or money or devotion or sacrifice to make peace in our own lives with ourselves, make peace with God, peace in our family, peace in our community, make peace around the world. You think, you know, one of my concerns about our society right now, Carlos, is the incivility and rudeness that we see. And divided, because we see that so often, that people are divided. They are not together as one nation, one people. 
Yeah, that's very, very true. So uh, we have been, oh, Magdala. Now, Magdala is interesting on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. There's a first century original, it hasn't been rebuilt, uh, synagogue. And, of course, the biblical account in the Gospels say that Jesus preached in all of the synagogues. And so the original floor is there, the mosaics, many mm-hmm. of the stones. And, you know, it's we get worked up. He actually stood here. He actually preached here. And that's nice. But what he preached is infinitely more important than where he preached. Well, yes, reading the Gospels is more important than being exactly there or say, I walked where Jesus walked. Or of I, course, it's a very... It's a very spiritual experience, and I think that everybody deserves that. Or I I, swam today where Jesus was. No, I don't want to swim with you. (laughs) Do you know what it reminds me of? Uh, Yesterday, we, uh, leaving the Tanya area, we went north to Caesarea, where uh, uh, Paul was imprisoned there, you know, Governor Felix, and there's a stone there with the name Pontius Pilate. You know, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, he was in prison there. King Agrippa uh, resided there. And, of course, in Acts chapter 26, that famous invocation or that famous uh, statement of Paul where he recounted his conversion on the road to Damascus, where he says in chapter 26, uh, everything to King Agrippa. And King Agrippa replies, almost persuadest thou me to be a Christian. <laughs> The message there, it's wonderful to visit places of secular history, of religious history. But if they only are places and we don't have a takeaway, I always ask from this Holy Land experience or from any travel experience or for that matter, any experience in life, will you be changed or just merely entertained? How many trips have you taken, Larry, to the Holy Land? I, 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 I'd have you to count. I, I, it's sure it's a lot. And so with Paul, almost persuadest thou me, what King Agrippa said, the takeaway for me at Caesarea is, am I an almost or an always? Am I all in? Well, that and more from the Sea of Galilee here on The Travel Show. to the travel show. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru, joined by Carlos Fita, director of Latin American sales for Morris Columbus Travel. The travel show is brought to you every weekend at this time on this very station, courtesy of Morris Columbus Travel, where you always travel more and pay less, and Norwegian Cruise Line, the home of freestyle cruising. Check out all the great travel promotions and offers, discounts, even a lot of freebies offered by Morris Columbus Travels at 800-395-2608. That's 800-395-2608 or at their website, morriscolumbus.com. That's morriscolumbus.com. Carlos, we've often talked about Uh, a philosophy that my wife Kathy and I have called 
do it while you can, go while you can. And it was born out of an experience I had probably 15 years ago with one of our uh, travel show listeners. Uh, she and her husband, and I tell this story with her permission. Uh, she and her husband were devotees of the travel show. And they had always wanted to travel, but they were more armchair travelers, you know, dreaming of faraway places and driving to Lake Powell, you know. They, but they wanted to see the world and travel the world. They finally retired, and they had been uh, judicious with their funds. They had the money to travel, and so they asked if they could come into my office and talk to me and lay out the next few years of exciting travel adventures. They wanted to see the Colosseum in Rome. You know, they wanted to see the Tower of London. They wanted an African safari, the glory of the South Pacific, of palm trees, white sand beaches, and blue ocean waters. All of these travel plans they had, Carlos. So they're sitting in my office, and she, the, the wife, was was more anxious to travel almost constantly. And they decided they wanted, she wanted to go on a cruise. She decided. So they're sitting in my office, and he's humming and hawing. Well, I, am I going to get seasick? Will I like a cruise? And I said, listen, let me give you an easy starter. It's this, uh, I usually do it almost every year, the Pacific Coast Cruise, Vancouver to Victoria, Astoria, Oregon, San Francisco, maybe Monterey or Catalina end up in L.A. And she was so gung-ho, and he was humming and hawing. And I had what I, looking back, I think was an inspired thought. And I just said, listen, you folks decide what you want to do, but go while you can. You know, we get to a certain age, and they were in their late 60s. You get to a certain age, Carlos, and um, you never know what tomorrow holds. It could be you, your spouse or partner, your children, your work, your finances, the economy. It could be anything, and overnight, your life changes. And something clicked when I said to him, hey, You've waited all your life. Go while you can. Do it while you can. And he says, you know, Larry, you're right. And they went, and I hosted that tour. They had a wonderful time. And they then they say, let's go. And they made all these plans. Six months later, he died of an unexpected heart attack. And to this day, she gets teary-eyed, as do I, when she thanks me. That was the only I'll call it big travel adventure they had ever done in their entire lives together. And they had all of these plans, but overnight, her life changed and his life ended. That doesn't mean that our partner or spouse or children are going to die. I don't want to be morbid, but you know as well as I do that things can change overnight. And so my philosophy is go while you can do it while you can. I will agree with that 100%. You know, I have, well, you know, dying and, you know, being unable to travel with your, with your spouse is just a, it's a drama. But I think it is even worse when one can go. 
And I have a client that has gone with me on different tours, you know, to Ecuador, to Peru, and to Antarctica, you know, everywhere. So now the point is that the wife cannot go. So he can go, and he goes along, and he said to me the other day when he returned from Antarctica, say, you know what? The sad thing is that my wife could not do it. Some tours are easy. Maybe you can do your cruise. Maybe you can do some easy ways to do things, but some people cannot do even that. So that's when you travel when you can, when you are able, when you can move your legs. Do it while you can. Yeah. Go while you can. Well, I have a personal uh, story about this. You know, my wife, we always travel with my wife, you know, and lately she had more problems with her legs. You know, it's more difficult. So guess what? Uh, she can do certain things. Uh, places that she would like to go, she can go now. She can go on a cruise. That's very easy, you know, but, but other places she can go. So travel when you can. It's not a matter of money now. It's a matter of your physical condition. So travel Your ability now. To, yes, go. to go. You know, there was a survey taken, what, uh, it was pre-pandemic. They, uh, the company that did the survey interviewed thousands upon thousands of people ages 65 and older. And they asked about their regrets looking back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there were two that stood out. One was they wished they had spent more time with their family and done things when the kids were small. But the other one that was equally a big regret is we didn't travel more when we were able to travel. Now, when we come back later in the show, I want to have Carlos introduce a new program. This is Go While You Can, Do It While You Can. Carlos and I will be your personal hosts and tour guides. We've entitled it Journey to the Ends of the World. And we're going to keep it as a surprise of where we're going. We're going to some well-known places and some places that nobody goes to that are really at the ends of the world. All that and more on today's special edition of The Travel Show. Shalom, and welcome back to The Travel Show, a special edition from the Holy Land, Israel. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru here at the Sea of Galilee. Carlos Fida, our director of Latin American sales at Morris Columbus Travel in studio in Salt Lake City, where he belongs. Thank you, Larry. You are always so nice to me. Now, is it true that (laughs) the language they speak in heaven is Espanoli? I, I am sure it is, yes. That's my language, too. Thank, thank you very much. And, folks, he doesn't speak English, so I will be happy to translate during this hour. He said that is my language. Okay, I'll do that in <laughs> Spanish, the whole thing. <laughs> and I'll translate. Uh, we're here with a group of travel show listeners here in the Holy Land. Uh, we are nine hours ahead of Salt Lake City, so it is... Um, what, about 11.35 a.m. Saturday morning 
in Salt Lake City and 8.35 p.m. Saturday night. Uh, of course, the by the Jewish calendar or reckoning, days uh, begin and end at sunset and sunrise. Correct. And so yes. it is the sun is down, uh, Shabbat or the Sabbath is over, and uh, life begins again here in Israel. We've had a wonderful, wonderful time. Hey, listen, uh, one of the great adventures of a lifetime is an Alaska cruise. I think a cruise in Alaska is the best way to see America's last frontier. And as I've mentioned on the show before, there are two primary Alaska cruise itineraries by cruise ship. One is north-south Vancouver to Anchorage or vice versa. The other, which is the most popular, is round-trip Seattle, sailing from and returning to Seattle. Now, both are very similar, except for about one day. You'll see the inside passage, some combination of cities, Juneau, Ketchikan, Skagway, uh, Sitka, Icy Straits. You're not going to see them all. Some combination and glaciers. But then the north-south continues north rather than coming back through the inside passage and alternate route, so you see new things, and back to Seattle. Well, this August, August 12th to the 19th, I will be personally hosting an Alaska cruise. We do our own shore excursions. In Juneau, we charter our own boat for whale watching. And we're not talking about me in the buffet. We're talking about uh, the whales that have migrated from Hawaii. No comments. Thank you very much. You've seen me in the buffet. Actually, I just, they've moved my portable bed up there. It's Larry's <laughs> afternoon feeding uh, there at the buffet. And, uh, you know, in Ketchikan, we visit the totem parks. In Victoria, out to Butchart Gardens. I mean, it's just, and we have special onboard activities. Now, something interesting is happening in Alaska right now. Alaska traditionally is one of the more expensive cruises because there's a high demand and a short sailing season, May to September. With the pandemic really in our rearview mirror now, there is more interest in international travel than domestic travel. More now, than ever. Yeah, and it's not a right or wrong. It's just people during the pandemic were still able to travel in the U.S., but not so much overseas. And now people want to fill that void, the desire to see new and exciting places around the world, which you and I are all in favor of. What, I, I'm here in Israel now, and... But a week and a half, two weeks ago, I was in Japan. I get home from Israel, and three days later, I leave for Rome. So, uh, yes, I'm seeing international. But, but what happened here in Alaska, Carlos, is that because of the demand in the past years, particularly, you know, at pre-pandemic and even as we started to emerge out of the pandemic, the cruise line sent more ships to Alaska. So there's a greater capacity. More ships, more rooms, more berths, all of that. Better prices? But and that's what happened. They were anticipating these everybody going to Alaska. And Alaska is always popular. 
is always popular, but the surge is international. And in many ways, Alaska is international. It yes, is. I know well, it's it part is. of the U.S. Uh, Seward's Folly, as it's sometimes called, but... We're almost in, <laughs> we're almost in Russia there. That, that, uh, just right over... <laughs> Sarah Palin said that. Why, it's just right over there. Anyway, um, so... Th- you know, all pricing and airline tickets, hotels, cruise ships, everything is what I call basic economics class 101, supply and demand. And the demand for Alaska is softer than in previous years. And there's more ships. So what does that do to the pricing? Down. <coughs> it's down. driving it way down. So I have this uh, Princess Cruise, August 12 to 19. That is absolutely fantastic. It's on the Royal Princess, one of their newer ships. And typically, a what we call a lead price, an inside cabin, is going to run you in the peak of peak season. You'll get, you'll get, you know, which is really mid-June to mid-August is the best time to go. You're talking $1,000, maybe $1,100. For a balcony... 1900 to 2200 is typical in past years. Catch this on a relatively new ship, the Royal Princess. I've sailed on it, it's fantastic. We are sailing round trip from Seattle, Juneau, Ketchikan, Skagway, and Glacier Bay. How many days, Larry? <coughs> it's a one week cruise. That's and now, good. catch this inside cabins start at $748. Plus tax. My. But that's not the one you want. You want the balcony cabin in Alaska. Rates start at $1,398 plus tax. Where are you going to get it? A cruise like that for that price? Well, you're not going to get it. Now, the only thing better than cheap is free. (laughs) And we have a special promotion on how to get a free cruise with me on this very very, uh, sailing. Destinations in... And Morris Columbus Travel and KID Radio in Idaho Falls are teaming up to give you a Wilderness Alaska Princess Cruise for two free. you got to pay the gratuities and get yourself to Seattle. But the cruise and the taxes are all paid for. Now, listeners of KID Radio, one of our affiliates, you know, we are syndicated on 19 stations from the Intermountain West all the way to Florida. Listeners to KID News Radio in Idaho Falls will listen to the Cruising Cue to Text. That will play at least twice a day, Monday through Friday, throughout the entire contest duration, which is April and May. Five qualifiers will be selected and invited to join Destinations in to participate in a drawing. Now, all of them get an overnight stay. And, uh, excuse me, the runner-up will get an overnight stay in the Alaska room. Destinations Inn is a themed hotel in Idaho. And they have the Egypt room, the Alaska room, the Hawaii room, the Tahiti room. Now, for our listeners all the way to Florida, you're not going to be listening to KID Radio. It's a great station, but it's out of your area. You can go to KIDnewsradio.com and get details. Enter to win KID newsradio.com. It is a fantastic promotion. Again, those dates 
or August 12 to 19 this year with me in Alaska, a one-week deluxe Alaska cruise itinerary from $748 plus tax. Carlos, I have never seen peak Alaska pricing this good. That is, that, that's amazing. Amazing that this is happening right now. Well, I guess it's like what you said. You know, people want to go somewhere. And Alaska really is different. It's not Disneyland. It's no. not going to Las Vegas. It is America's last frontier. Anyway, uh, you can get all the details if you contact Morris Columbus Travel. Simply ask for Larry's Alaska, August 12 to 19 on the Royal Princess. Balcony rates start at $1,398 plus tax. And inside cabins start at $748 plus tax. Now, Carlos, you've heard me say this. If it weren't for my kids and grandkids, where would I live? In Thailand. I love Thailand. And people ask me why. It's, it's the people. It's the culture. It's the food. They are the ultimate foodies. You know, it, and you have a very diverse uh, uh, climate. You have the Midlands, which is Bangkok and that area. But then up north, Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, the Golden Triangle are the foothills of the Himalayas. Then down south are the islands. Though in Thailand, the word ko, K-O-H, is island. So you hear Koh Samui. And uh, that means the island of Samui, Kokrabi, which is not your disposition. <clears throat> it is an island in Thailand at Koh Phuket, the island of Phuket. So you have all the archipelago of islands. Of them, Thailand is really my favorite. I'm going to be in Thailand in um, the first. Well, the first of June. I'm attending a conference uh, as a guest of the Thai government, they made me this great offer. They said, if you'll come and participate in our international travel conference, be one of the participants, we will pay your expenses to come. We want you to be one that participates and uh, draws people. Anyway, it's for travel professionals. So they're paying my airfare, my hotel, meals, uh, while I'm at the conference, and I'm going to extend my stay and go down to uh, an island named after you, Koh Krabi, and uh, I'm going to go <laughs> sea kayaking. Sea kayaking. Well, every year, I take a group of travel show listeners. I limit it to 36. It's a deep dive in culture, in food, first-class hotels, all the usual sightseeing, and a lot of stuff. That's out of the ordinary, yet perfectly, perfectly safe. You are always talking about food. Food. Oh, I love the food there. I just love I the food there. And the, the time that you want to go as a tourist is November to February. Yeah, it's going to be really hot for me in June. Uh, I don't take groups in June, but that's the way it is. But January 5th, we leave. And I'll be talking more in the coming weeks, maybe even later in this show, about this unique Thailand and the legends of Siam right here on The Travel Show.
You're listening to The Travel Show. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru, joined by Carlos Fida. Back in Salt Lake City today, I'm in Israel, and I should say shalom, but for this segment, I will say Yorana. Now, Yorana is the native greeting, of course, the getaway guru, fluent in Tahitian and all languages. Uh, that we, we want to talk a little bit about the South Pacific. You and I have uh, chatted in the past, Carlos, about there is a magic, there's an appeal, there's a draw, drawing power to Polynesia and the South Seas. What uh, is that? Why is I, that? I think it's the mystic. You know, if you live, uh, if you read the literature, you know, of Robert Louis Stevenson, one of them, you know, Stevenson wrote something beautifully about the area. I think that that's what attracts people to go. But also, look at the weather that these people are enjoying. Look at the sea that is so pristine, so clear. Look at the mountains. Look at the people, the people. You know, the beauty, I have always said. Sometimes people say, no, I, I don't know about going there. And I said, look, the, the beauty is not in the streets or if there is a piece of paper or something. The beauty of the place is in the eyes of the people that you see and that you meet and you talk to. That's very true. It, there's a romance yes, about is. life in the South Seas, a warm tropical weather. The sun rises and the sun sets. I don't know how one describes them. You have to experience. And how about the friendliness of the people? Uh, it's amazing. It really, really, they sing, they dance, they play, and the scenery explodes the senses. What I always tell people when they go with me into the South Seas is you will come home with your photos, even the high-definition photos, and you'll show it to people and say, oh, that is so beautiful. And then you will look at the photo. You will remember your experience when you took that photo. And you say, no, no, no. The photo doesn't capture the depth of the colors, is particularly the greens and the blues. Larry, look at this. We look at the world today, places like in Europe, places everywhere else, you know, around the world, and then we think about going to the South Pacific. What a difference. There is no strife. These countries are beautiful. There is peace all around you. The mountains, the forests, the sea. You can't find that in other places in the world because there is so much division and contention and it's a different environment this is what robert louis stevenson wrote while visiting the south seas where he actually is buried He's on the buried island there. of upolu in samoa i've been to his grave there and he wrote this in july of 1888 now you were just a young boy at the time <laughs> robert louis stevenson wrote quote don't believe Larry. <laughs> he did not write, don't believe Larry. No, he did not say that. Robert, Lee, Robert Louis Stevenson wrote in July of 1888, while in French Polynesia, he wrote, quote, Few men who come to the islands leave them. They grow gray where they alighted. The palm shades and trade wind fans them till they die. Perhaps cherishing to the last the fancy of a visit home, which is rarely made, more rarely enjoyed, and yet more rarely repeated. 
No part of the world exerts the same attractive power upon the visitor. And the task before me is to communicate some sense of its seduction. The first experience can never be repeated. The first love, the first sunrise, the first South Sea Island are memories apart and touched a virginity of sense, close quote. <clears throat> that, to me, Carlos, captures the South Pacific. You know, uh, French Polynesia uh, is 118 islands, and there are five major island groups. The Society Islands, which includes the island of Tahiti, Moorea, Bora Bora, Raiatea, Rangiroa, and others— you have the Marquesas, Nukuhiva, Hivaoa, the Tuomotu Island Archipelago, mostly uninhabited, the Gambier and the Austral group of islands. Most of French Polynesia is not inhabited, and perhaps it's that idyllic sense of peace. Of peace. And I, I tell you, uh, like Tahiti, which is a single island. It's volcanic mountains and that sunrise, that sunset, and the beautiful um, vistas that you see. One of the challenges of visiting the South Seas is the cost. It's expensive. It just flat out is expensive. But we've got a wonderful opportunity next year to see much of the South Pacific and Polynesia at an affordable price. I'll be personally hosting a South Seas Odyssey. <coughs> it is a um, it is a cruise April 10th to April 22nd, 13 days, 12 nights, April 10th to 22nd next year. We visit Tahiti, Morea, Bora Bora, Raiatea, French Polynesia, the Society Islands, the Tuamotus, and then on to Hawaii, the Big Island, Kauai, Maui, and Oahu. And what's fantastic is Norwegian Cruise Lines has a free airfare offer. It's a buy one, get one free on the airfare. More details on that when we come back on The Travel Show. Welcome back to The Travel Show, hour number two, the best two hours in radio. I'm Larry Gelwicks, the getaway guru, joined by Carlos Fida, the Argentinian gaucho himself. And today is a very special edition of The Travel Show. I'm here at the Sea of Galilee in Israel. Carlos is back in studio. And through the miracle of technology, we can both be on the radio at the same time, but we are not able to take your calls, questions, recommendations, which is always, Carlos, the best part of the show. It is. The call-ins. But with your questions and comments, you can get a hold of the travel experts at Morris Columbus Travel. MorrisColumbus.com, MorrisColumbus.com, or 800-395-2608, 800-395-2608. And uh, they'll take good care of you. The travel show is brought to you by... Morris Columbus Travel and Norwegian Cruise Line. 
the home of freestyle cruising. Carlos, uh, some years ago, you may have heard this news story of a woman who filed a complaint against Delta Airlines. Because? Because she alleged that they were fat-shaming her. I'm serious. Now, she was a large woman, a very large woman. And she said that when she checked in for her flight to Fresno, California, that they fat-shamed her. And (laughs) she was irate, wanted compensation. And when asked, well, how did they fat-shame? Well, they put a note on my boarding pass that I was fat. They put a note on my luggage that I was fat. Well, what? how did they do that? Did they say, this woman is fat? No. And she showed him the boarding pass. And it said <laughs> F-A-T. See, right there it says I'm fat. They then pointed out that every airport has a three-letter <laughs> code. And the code for Fresno is F-A-T. So you could be skinny as a rail or muscular, such as I am. And when you fly to Fresno, which holds a very special place in my heart, uh, your boarding pass and your luggage tag will say F-A-T. So there are some funny three-letter codes around the world. The other one I like to tell people that really shocks them is, I think tomorrow I'll go sin. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about, Larry? Well, the airport code for one of my favorite cities in the world, Singapore, is S-I-N. So that's right. I can can go fat and I can go sin by that one. Now, you had one in South America. I I have one. This one is... Crazy. It is. Um, it's puke. 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 I'm going to go puke. Puke. I know we're like, not being gross, listeners. No, we are That's not. an airport code <laughs> for for Ushuaia. Is it Ushuaia? No, no, it no. It's no. for Punta Arenas. Oh, Punta Arenas, Chile, which is just across from Ushuaia. I've been to Punta Arenas. <laughs> yeah, you've uh, been the to The penguin puke. rookies there. And a penguin rookie is not a new penguin. No. It's their, their living abode where they, they reside, where they nest, where they live. It's called a rookie. Yes, and that's in Isla Magdalena. That's right. So, yeah. so you can go fat, go sin, go puke. You know, the history of airport codes is interesting. Prior to the 1930s, airlines picked their own uh, two-letter airport code, and airlines had a different one. Then they decided to standardize them, and every airport code actually has a story behind it. Now, some of them are very self-explanatory. Salt Lake City, SLC. San Francisco, SFO. The New York John F. Kennedy, JFK. But what about Chicago ORD? Yeah. Why is it ORD? Well, this goes back to when Chicago's first airport, the Chicago airport was originally named the um, Orchard. <laughs> yeah, it was the Orchard uh, uh, Field. 
And, um, well, the full name was the Orchard Field Airport. So Orchard, O-R-D, is the present code for Chicago O'Hare Airport. What, what about Buenos Aires? E-Z-E. What's or, the story behind it? I'd, well, no, I, what no. it says is the people... In, the people in entertainment in Buenos Aires are easy. Easy. We'll maybe just that, leave it. Maybe, we'll just leave it at what, that. What about Santiago? S C L. I don't oh, know I, why. Listen, you remember back in the days when the luggage tags oh. were handwritten? Yes. So Kathy and I, oh, this is probably 20, 25 years ago. We were checking in for a flight in Frankfurt Airport, Frankfurt, Germany, to Salt Lake City. And now your luggage tags are computer generated. Mm -hmm. But back then, your boarding pass, they take that self-adhesive sticker and put it on your boarding pass, and your luggage tag was handwritten. So we were checking in at Frankfurt. to We're flying back to Salt Lake City as our final destination, SLC. The agent inadvertently wrote SC. L, which is Santiago, Santiago Chile. Chile. Well, I always check my luggage tags, even now computer-generated. You should. And I, I'm just turning away from the counter, and I see that I'm going to Salt Lake City, but my bags <laughs> are going to South America. And so I say, excuse me, pardon, uh, and uh, they corrected it. A lot, uh, of, lot the, of fun there. You may remember the—do you remember the airline— Print Air, yeah, that flew all over the Caribbean. Yeah, this is the way they did it. They didn't have the big aircraft that we have now, so they were small aircraft. I was traveling with my boss, that was a pretty large lady, and they said, "Mrs. So and So, please come to the scale." So they weighed her, and she said to me, "Carlos, don't look at the scale." And I said, "What's the problem?" So they're going to well because they're going to they're going to uh, Put me on the scale. What, what is the reason? I say, well, the airline, you know, the aircrafts are very small, and they have to balance, and they will put you on the right side or on the left side. There is one seat, uh, a row of seats on the left, and a row of seats on the back, and that on the, on the left. So why would you do that? I say, well, that's the way the procedures were in those days. Well, Imagine you now weighing a passenger before you board. I have been weighed one time. For a flight, it was in Pango Pango, American Samoa, on about a 16-seater aircraft propeller mm -hmm. yeah. flying to Apia, Western Samoa, and it's called in the airline industry weight and balance. Uh, you have they they distribute so the the aircraft is not heavy on one side. You've got the right side full of uh, Japanese sumo wrestlers <laughs> and the left side full of ballerina dancers, you know. The flight, the flight will be tilting 20 degrees <laughs> as it goes. You know, the other thing on the weight, uh, what we call in the airline industry high and hot. Uh, you get um, high elevations that, like Phoenix, where it's maybe 110, 115 degrees, and they, even with people, they have to reduce the weight and the number of passengers, sometimes asking people to disembark because with the heat, it's more difficult 
for the aircraft to take off. It's called high and hot, weight and balance. It, it used to be like that in Cusco, Peru, when they have different aircraft, and they have sometimes they left with only half passengers. And the same thing in, in at the airport in Puno, because it is a very high altitude and very hot sometimes, and they have a, now they have a huge, long runway to take off. So it was... Oh, Cusco's at 11,000 feet. <laughs> yes, that's right. Hey, listen, we talked earlier about Norwegian Cruise Line, and they have an incredible cruise promotion. You can get all the details from your Morris Columbus travel advisor, but here it is in a nutshell. You get some combination of the second passenger cruises free. It's 50% off all guests. So that's a ends up being a buy one, get one free offer. Uh, the second person cruises free. Then you have the free at sea promotion, which is free drinks, both leaded and unleaded, free Wi-Fi, free shore excursion credit, free unlimited dining. And on select cruises, the third and fourth person sharing your cabin Sales absolutely free. You just pay the taxes. And also on select cruises, they have a free airfare offer. It's a buy one, get one free. The first person pays the discounted airfare rate when the air is purchased from NCL. The second person, like this Tahiti cruise, mm -hmm. Tahiti to Hawaii, first person pays the discounted airfare second person flies absolutely free it's one of the greatest cruise promotions i've seen hey we're going to come back with more on the travel show Shalom, and welcome back to The Travel Show, a very special edition. I'm Larry Gelwigs, the getaway guru here in the Holy Land today, up northern Israel, right on the Sea of Galilee. We have a wonderful group of Travel Show listeners that have joined us for a Holy Land experience. Carlos Fida, our director of Latin American sales at Morris Columbus Travel, is back in studio in Salt Lake City. And may... We give you a very special thank you. You know, we broadcast throughout the Intermountain West and Texas and Florida and a wonderful group of listeners across the country. Without you, we don't have a show. And without you, we don't even have a company. And so we're very grateful that you join us every weekend at this time on this station. And Carlos... Um, you and I have been the best of friends for almost 40 years. Mm, we've I think traveled it is the world. 42 years, Larry. We've traveled the world together. You know, I was telling you that I just got back, what, about a week and a half ago from Japan with a group of travel show listeners. What an incredible experience. We had three days in Tokyo, went out to Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, on the free day, and then boarded a princess cruise for a 10-day cruise through uh, Honshu, Kyushu. Uh, we saw all of Japan except the northern island of Hokkaido. Uh, we went to Shimizu. That's the um, 
uh, Mount Fuji in the Japanese Alps. We stopped at Kochi, Hiroshima, Osaka, Kyoto, Nagasaki, and then went over to South Korea. What a great experience. And I had a couple of my kids and their spouses. You know, traveling as a family is such an exciting experience. And we're now traveling with our grandchildren, Kathy and I. <clears throat> but we've always traveled. I've been in the travel business 40-plus years, and we have traveled as a family since they were young. And there are challenges traveling with younger children, even teenagers, but the memories that they have. One of the smartest things I did years ago, Carlos, was, you know, mothers are overworked and underpaid. They are. And so, as I said, we've always traveled as a family, but when the kids were growing up, and still at home, you know, a couple, several times a year, I would take off with the kids for four days, a week, two weeks, and mom would stay at home. That was her vacation from all the demands that a family puts on the mom, you know? <laughs> and uh, I'd gone to Japan with our four oldest. Now, we had a new son, Keaton, who was just eight months old. So this was June of 1991. Keaton was eight months old and uh, or nine months old and he stayed home with mom and I took the four oldest kids, 13, 11, 10, and eight. And we spent two weeks in Japan. That's what an, what an experience and, uh, they, for the kids. They still talk about, well, we've done these things our whole life. And, you know, as the kids got older, they said to me once, Dad, we just love traveling with you. They were teenagers now, and you'll understand their full comment in context. Dad, we just love traveling with you. And I'm going, oh, isn't that <laughs> sweet? And they said, one of them said, yeah, Dad, we love traveling with you because you're our traveling ATM. Put the money. Is that what I am? I'm just shelling out the dough. Well, I love traveling with my kids now that they're adults. I've traveled with my kids and their children, my grandchildren, their spouses. And it is a great experience, just a incredibly great experience. Hey, switching gears, I want to remind you of one of the most exciting trips I have coming up this summer, where I will be your personal host and tour guide we sail June 25th to July 6th. It's an incredible cruise from London. At, well, we don't board the ship in London. You fly into London. And we board the ship in Southampton, down on the, the southern coast, the south of England. Listen to this itinerary. So we fly to England. And then... We visit Bruges, Belgium, which may be the most beautiful city in all of Europe. Very famous for lace work there. Then on to Amsterdam. And then to Norway, we visit the cities of both Olesund and Bergen. And then the highlight of Norway, to me, Carlos, are the fjords, yes, including Geringer, which is the only fjord that I'm aware of that has a UNESCO World Heritage Site designation. It's 14 kilometers long. And if I showed anyone a picture, you would instantly recognize it. It is so famous and gorgeous beyond belief. And then we sail to Iceland, making three stops in Iceland. Uh, 
June 25th to July 6th. Space is still available. Contact Morris Columbus Travel. Now, earlier in the show, we talked about our tour that you and I will be hosting in March of next year, Journey to the Ends of the World. That will be what I call a signature tour. I don't remember, maybe, maybe many, many years ago, I put something similar, but this has no equal to any other tour. Let me, briefly, I will explain what we do. We fly from Salt Lake City to Buenos Aires, stay in Buenos Aires, some good stakes there, of course. Then we fly to uh, Patagonia, the southern Patagonia, and we go to what we call the ends of the world. That, that Ushuaia? Is Ushuaia. I, we've both been there. Yes, yes. And, and that little train that takes you all the Tierra way. Tierra del Fuego. Tierra del Fuego. That Beautiful is national park. We fly also to uh, El Calafate, which is the ice fields of Patagonia. We cross over to Chile to see the Pine National Park. We return to Buenos Aires to see Iguazú, from Iguazú to... 275 waterfalls. Uh, that is an amazing place. I mean, you cannot miss that if you go to South America. From there, we fly to Santiago, Chile, and after visiting Chile, Santiago, Chile, we go to Easter Island. Now, we go I'm, to Polynesia. I, yeah, I've got to tell you, Easter Island is so incredible. Very few people go there. The monoliths that are there, the statues, which nobody really knows the origin nobody. of. And most of them are underground. Yes. Hey, when we come back, I want you to tell us more about journeys to the end of the world. Shalom, and welcome back to the Travel Show. Yes, Shalom, the native greeting here in Israel and the Holy Land, where I, the getaway guru, Larry Gelwix, that's where I am today, right here on the Sea of Galilee with a wonderful group of Travel Show listeners, Carlos Fida, the Argentinian gaucho himself, back in studio in Salt Lake City, and we welcome you back to the Travel Show. I got to tell you, I can say buenas tardes. You can say shalom. That's right. That's right. And I was in Japan a week and a half ago. Konnichiwa. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Actually, the reason I'm traveling so much is the sheriff is constantly looking for me. And I'm staying one head, uh, one arm length ahead of the law. Anyway, uh, we were talking just before break about the Journey to the Ends of the World tour that you and I will be personally hosting. That and you talked about going to Argentina, to Buenos Aires, uh, down to um, Punta Arenas in mm -hmm. Chile, uh, El Calefate, uh, and uh, Patagonia, Ushuaia, and then back to Iguazu. You know, I love the quote from Eleanor Roosevelt when she first saw um, Iguazu, Falls. Iguazu Falls. She said, oh, poor Niagara. And it is true. You know, I have been to Niagara, and then I have gone to Iguazu so many times. It's just a marvelous thing. This is not among cities and cement. 
this is in the middle of two national parks on the Argentine uh, side and on the Brazilian side, and of course trees around you and water. Are and we going to do the jungle tour? The Macuco Safari. Well, uh, I love that. To, you know, this is amazing. People say, what, 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 what happens there? Okay, we go through the rapids up the well, river. Well, before that, we're in the jungle. And we are in the jungle. Uh, in yes. a, in a, like a four-wheel vehicle, we're going through the jungle. We get to the port, to the little, you know, pier. Get on, on a boat. <laughs> and then we go navigating the river. Up the, up river, the river with a paddle. With a, no, not with a paddle. It's a good engine. And believe me, it has to pull you all the way up very close to the waterfall when it's falling. You know, remember, it's falling. I mean, it's a mass of water that can sink any kind of vessel. Of course, we don't go that far. But this is the trick there. In order to get more money, you know, more tips, the, the, the captain says, more. And so, of course, we all, everybody more. says, yes, more. And we get closer and closer. And people say, well, if I have a plastic poncho, maybe I will be okay. No matter what you wear, the water will go through your, your neck, you know, down. But not way. in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful experience. Even the older and younger people. Some of the younger people say, "No, we want to go to the dry one, the one that doesn't go that close." Boring. And the older, yes, and then the older people say, "No, we want to go all the way." You know, I've had many people tell me that that is one of the absolute highlights of their visit to South America. That boat ride up close and personal to the vault. Not dangerous at all. No, not at all. No, no. It's, so it's for everybody. Now, but it, tell me about Easter Island, because that is, there's a mystique about Easter Island. You know, uh, the islands are called Rapa Nui. Uh, that's the original name. They are in Polynesia. They are only four hours away from Tahiti. And so the different culture is this, you know. First of all, nobody knows anything about the Moais, who made these huge statues, you know, looking east on the coast of, of the island. Lots of theories, but... Not over 200 but See, of these them. people, which are not Latin American, they're not, they're not Latinos, they're Polynesians, although it's part of Chile, had no written language. There's no history of it. There are some verbal traditions, but... There's different traditions of what these statues represent. Yeah, and you know, and there are, um, I mean, there is so many things to see in the island. We will stay in the island for three days, visiting everything that we can visit. We will stay in downtown, because there is a very small downtown. During the pandemic, this place was completely closed. Nobody could go in or out. I have a story about this. The airline of Chile, you know, which, which was Lan Chile and now is Latam, was owned by the president of Chile. And so during the pandemic, the president decided that, no, we have to keep flying people in and out. And the, I, the islanders, which are kind of, uh, they, they are a little bit, it's kind of a little bit independent, you know, from the main continent, said, no, we don't want anybody to bring uh, the COVID here to the island, and so we will not open it. And guess what they did? The plane took off, of course, you know, it's the airline of the country, to fly into, into Rapa Nui or Easter Island. And the tower said, you cannot land your 767 plane, which is a large plane here. And the pilot said, we will land. We have authorization to land from the main government. Said, so, no, you cannot land because there are semi-trucks on the middle of the runway 
and you have to go back. And they return to go back to the continent. That's how the islands have preserved their culture, their dances, their music. Everything is unique. We will go there. I, have, I don't even remember who I have booked in the past 30 years to Easter Island. You know, you talked about the Moai, spelled M-O-A-I. You can yes. Google that. They're monolithic human figures carved by the Rapa Nui people on the island of Rapa Nui between the years 1250 and 1500. And what's interesting about them, there are many, there, there are many different uh, theories of what they represent. Now, all of you would recognize these strangely shaped heads. Like but what you don't know is that much of it is underground. Not correct. But uh, above ground, the average size is about 13 feet and 14 tons. And I think the most prominent theory is they were built to honor a chieftain or important person that the natives believe that when this important person died, the statue was carved. And there's over 900 of them. Yes. To, and this person would continually watch over the island and the people and protect them. Some are standing and some are laying on the ground. Uh, Thor Heyerdahl was one of the explorers that visited. There was a, there a couple of other ones, you know, that visited the islands and tried to discover how did they reach this place? Where did they come from? From the continent or from other islands? There is a mixture in the population. You look at some of the people, you know that they are islanders. There are some others that look very much like people in the continent. But the fun thing is their festivals and their cultures. So very different from Chile, from Indian now, Chile. Uh, th we will leave in early March 2024. You can get all the details at uh, morriscolumbus.com, morriscolumbus.com. Click on Escorted Tours, then click on South America. But you've added something as an option at yes. after uh, Argentina, Chile, and Easter Island. Yes. When you, we finish the tour to Easter Island, that will be the end of the tour, Easter Island and Santiago, Chile. Luckily, we fit a perfect flight from Santiago to Cusco. We don't even have to go to Lima. We go directly to Cusco, and we start exploring the sacred valley of the Incas, the city of the city of Cusco, the citadel of Machu Picchu. So we have this particular extens extension that is unique. Now, all of these things will be on top of the line tours with the best meals available. So we have Larry, that you like meals. I'm sure that you're yes, going to go steak. delicioso. Uh, that, yeah, that you I'm will sorry, go for the steak. I slipped into my native Spanish. <laughs> yes. Delicioso. Yes, it is, Larry. It is delicioso. It's a unique tour. So we'll be going to, as an option, after Argentina, Iguazu, uh, Patagonia, Chile, uh, Chile uh, all of that in Easter Island. By the way, did you know that Easter Island was the very first Pacific Island to be designated as a UNESCO World Heritage Site? The yes. very first one. Yeah, and that's interesting because yeah. there are so many others. But the option is then on to Peru and go right into Cusco, Machu Picchu, the Sacred Valley. And you and I have had some great travel experiences. And, you know, that central marketplace in Cusco 
is fantastic. The San Pedro Market. It yes, really it is. is. It is. Well, again, all the details on this and other tours at morriscolumbus.com. You know, I've been asked about the future of travel to Russia and China. Well, let's first take Russia. What a what a sad thing. Russia is a wonderful country to visit. St. Petersburg I, is my favorite. Yeah, I, you know, a couple of days, full days in Moscow is enough. Two or three days is plenty. I like to take the high-speed train from Moscow to St. Petersburg, yes. formerly known during the Soviet time as Leningrad. But St. Petersburg is the... Uh, or, Traditional name. The Winter Palace there. What well, you've got Peter the Great, Catherine, um, you know, the Nevskoprosky, which is like Fifth Avenue, mm -hmm. uh, all of these, uh, uh, the museums, all of that. I think Russia travel is dead as a doornail for right now. So he's It's China. not coming back. You notice that Leningrad, St. Petersburg has been dropped from the Baltic cruise itinerary, which is so sad. I mean, there's still wonderful places to visit in the Baltics. Uh, Sweden, Finland, uh, Estonia, Germany, uh, Denmark, uh, the, France are, can all be part, even England, part of a Baltic cruise. But St. Petersburg was the jewel. It's a highlight. Yeah, and... Um, I was signed up for that tour, Larry, and then my wife and I decided, well, now if we cannot go to St. Petersburg, why should we yeah. go? It's still wonderful cruises, but it's not the same. No. I don't see Russia travel coming back. For a long time. For a long time. <laughs> uh, people are nervous about being there. You know that Wall Street Journal reporter was arrested on espionage charges, which is all trumped up. Uh, to I, I think that they're going to use him as a bargaining chip, maybe to try and trade him for another terrorist that our government let that out of prison it, yeah. to get the the uh, basketball player back. China is a different story. Uh, China travel right now is not recovering, but I think they will buy the market back. We're going to see prices to China so low. You're saying no, I don't want to go. Oh. It's only X number of dollars. Okay, I'll go. I don't see that happening in Russia. No, not in Russia. Russia is very aggressive. But I aggressive. think uh, China travel is not there yet. Well, stay tuned. I got a special Rhine River cruise to tell you about when we come back. to the travel show i'm larry gelwix the getaway guru joined by carlos fita the argentinian gaucho and we are here every weekend at this time on this very station with the travel show i'm in israel today up at the sea of galilee i've talked about uh, we visited capernaum and magdala tabcha which is the site of the multiplication of the fishes and the loaves the mount of the beatitudes we went up to the 
um, headwaters of the Jordan River at Tel Dan. Next week, I'll be in Jerusalem, and I'll be talking to you from Jerusalem. Carlos will be here in studio. As usual. Well, yes. I told you, I, you I, work so I can travel. No, I like to be here. I'm not having you right here breathing over my that, neck. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, I want to invite you to join me on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash getaway guru. That's youtube.com forward slash getaway guru. We've already posted over 50 videos and uh, would love to have you join me there. Just a couple of reminders. It, for those using the Salt Lake International Airport, we recommend Park and Jet. You can get a 20% discount. Simply go to morriscolumbus.com, morriscolumbus.com. Scroll down and click on SLC Airport Parking Discount. And there are three major off-airport parking facilities. They're all good facilities, but I like Park and Jet for several reasons. One, I find them very friendly and helpful. They pick you up right at your car, unlike the airport parking where you have to schlep your bags through the ice and the snow or the rain to a remote meeting center. Parking Jet picks you up right at your car. They have a free car wash. You just have to ask for the coupon with that free car wash and a 20% discount. And uh, I'll save you a ton of money at the Salt Lake Airport. Again, Morris... Columbus.com, scroll down to Salt Lake Parking Discount. Um, Carlos, you and your wife Karen and my wife Kathy and I, a few years ago, pre-pandemic, sailed on a Europe River cruise with Ama Waterways. Oh, yes, that was a memorable event. It really is. You know, there are, there are several really good Europe River cruises. I am partial to AMA. I just think they're a notch above the others. And uh, there's just those personal touches. Next August, August of 2024, I'll be personally hosting with a group of you folks, travel show listeners, on the Rhine River. Now, that is castle country. We start in Amsterdam and finish in Basel, Switzerland. We visit the Netherlands, France. Germany, and Switzerland. And you can easily do some pre- or post-cruise travel. But what's amazing is we have a group discount, and rates start at just $29.95 plus your gratuities and taxes. That's August 1st to the 8th with AMA Waterways, including the Castle Country Rhine Gorge, Strasbourg, Cologne, Amsterdam, Switzerland, it is a fantastic cruise, and we will be doing some special onboard activities. All of your shore excursions are included. I'm going on the cruise, but I'm going in October, Larry. I booked it two years ago because I they know. canceled, Be they canceled, and Before finally, you knew about this one. That's too bad. This is August 1st to the 8th, 2024. Now, here's one that I know you and Karen would love. It's called Christmas Markets on the Danube. And this is December 4th to the 11th, next year, 2024. We sail from Nuremberg, Germany to Budapest. We'll visit Germany, Austria, and Budapest. 
you know, there is a 600-year tradition in Europe of Christmas markets where every town, village, uh, big city, small hamlet absolutely loses their mind at Christmas time. Now, you have all the Christmas decorations, but they'll have a Christmas festival in the city. It's all outdoors. It's not a department store thing. It's wooden kiosks decorated for Christmas. There is music and singing and dance, entertainment, uh, food and drink, and everything imaginable for Christmas. It's all Christmas-related that you can buy gifts and decorations and everything Christmas. Um it's one of the highlights of the year for me. Now, in addition to the Christmas markets, you have all of the same sightseeing that you would see year-round. And so we start in Nuremberg, which in my view, having been to the Christmas markets many times, is absolutely positively the single best Christmas market in Germany. But we'll visit Regensburg, Germany. Fabulous Christmas market I've been to. Passau, Milk, Austria. On to Vienna. Two days in Vienna. And then two days in Budapest. That's the best. That is, And rates start at just $29.95. These rates for both the Rhine River Cruise, August of 2024, and the Christmas markets, December of 2024, Rates are lower than if you buy it direct from Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> can't say it. Ottawa Waterways. Well, that brings us to the close of another special, wonderful edition of the Travel Show. Thank you for joining us. I will be with you next week in Jerusalem for more of the Travel Show.